2: Thank
1: Welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for nerdy video game commentary, analysis, and funny stuff. I'm Andrea Renee, joined as always by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. And Miss Christine Steimer. Oh, hello. We're all desperately trying not to sweat too much. Actually, it's probably not hot up there in uh, Washington, is it?
0: Uh, It's like 85 degrees out. It's very hot.
1: So that is... It's pretty hot. Yeah, yeah,
0: we're going through a little bit heat wave around these here parts, you see. And when you're on the second floor of a of your your house, the one room there, air conditioning does not supply to. A little toasty. It's a little musty. A little sweaty. Yes.
1: I know that feeling because uh I uh we so graciously were gifted a very nice screen to put over the door so that I could leave the door to the studio open and not have bugs fly in as People saw the three the flies on our. Was that our anniversary uh, show? Oh yeah,
0: those flies. I they, forgot about them. They were named Ed, Ed, and Eddie. They had yes. a legacy in the Westwood games. They were like our first pet, besides the Daddy Long Legs, Kratos. That briefly lived he's still in the hanging. House. What happened to Kratos? He's still here,
1: oh. he's still there. Oh. Yeah, oh. he keeps moving spots. But oh well, yeah, um, that's what I came do. in the they other day fafoon. to to get some stuff out of the swag closet, and I was like, oh hey, what's up, Kratos? <laughs> just hanging out, boy. Boy, oh, just <laughs> hanging out here. Um but it was it was misinstalled um and so I had to pull it down because every time I opened and shut the door it kind of ripped at it a little bit so uh, a new one has been ordered and nice. we're going to install it tomorrow. I'm very great. excited about this. A little quality of life improvements. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Um but we're glad that you guys are all here. Thank you so much for coming by the show. We've got some great stuff for you. Because it's the middle of July, the news is a little bit slim Pickens, but we've been playing a lot of games we've got some cool announcements about comic-con and beyond plus we've got that captain spirit spoiler cast in the third segment that's right the awesome adventures of captain spirit i hope you've played uh before we get to that um what's good games is brought to you this week by the what's good games merch store that's right it's time to do a little merch plug we haven't talked about our merchandise in a long time and if you're new to what's good games if you've recently discovered us and you're like yo like this show you might want to check out some of our merch it helps support everything that we do here at the show we've got our amazing uh, purple in pink logo we've got our controller icon we've got some of our famous catchphrases like uh baby goodbye forever baby mode uh we have someone back flipping off the earth we have the get hippoed what else we got brit Silbando. bando
0: we have yes. a few variants we have i already said baby ass baby mode there's some good stuff on there ladies and gentlemen some long sleeve Things to ladies, if you you know want something, if you live in I don't know what parts of the world are cold right now, fucking Antarctica. If you're a penguin, you'll well, see It's winter in, in Australia. It's technically in winter Oi. right now. Yeah, boy, gov. Yeah, for all you govs out there, get yourself a nice long sleeve shirt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It'll help you might, out. Yeah, I don't know how cold it gets in the winter in Australia. Uh, probably but, not cold enough for long. I don't know. It's like California. It's like, might need it. they they might it's like a long sleeve. Yeah, it's not that cold, but we do have a brand new piece of merchandise, uh, hotly requested. That's What She Said Pillow. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I don't have one here with me yet because it hasn't shipped. But you can now get your very own That's What She Said Pillow. It doesn't quite look like this one because they didn't have the option in our merch store for me to do the long pillow. It's the traditional square. You can get it in three different sizes, though, and a variety of colors. And it features our controller icon
2: inside the D. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Boy, I wish I had one of those pillows right now, Andrea Renee, and Christine Steimer.
2: That one to be amazing. I I barely got that word out. It was weird. It's been a long (laughs) day. Don't worry. We'll we'll get everybody uh, one to have on
1: their personal set so that you can hold them up whenever the mood strikes you. If you are interested in checking out that pillow, again, that's teespring.com slash stores slash what's good games. If you're watching this at youtube.com slash what's good games, you should see a little carousel beneath the video where you can just click directly to check out our merch. Again, that's teespring.com slash stores slash what's good games. Or you can go to any of our social media channels. Check in the description of this video or the podcast that you're listening to and you can click on it and head right on over there and check out all of our offerings. We've got a selection of both men's and ladies' styles in a variety of colors and patterns and sizes. Oh, Ooh, it's wonderful. God, that was good. All right. Oh so, um some other cool things because this is the last show before San Diego Comic-Con. I'm really excited to finally announce that I'm going to be there doing a bunch of cool stuff. So, first up, on Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific time, I'm going to be hosting a panel for Ubisoft on The Division 2. So, it's all about becoming a Division agent. I'm really excited about it. Uh, my friends over at Ubisoft were like, hey, we know that you guys really liked the game. You guys want to come by Comic-Con? I was like, yes, I do. A fun story that one of the very first panels I ever hosted at Comic-Con was for Assassin's Creed Three. It was just me and Alex Hutchinson, who's the game director back then, uh, in front of like 4,000 Assassin's Creed fans. Just me and him. Up on stage. Real intimate. Talking about Assassin's Creed. And you did the thing, and now you're here doing Division 2. Yeah. That's awesome. It's crazy. So is it going to teach it's, you how to become an agent? That's what. The- um, let me see if I can pull up the exact description that is in the program like schedule. Agent? On the Comic-Con website... Of course, uh, if you guys are planning to go to Comic-Con, you know that you can go to comic-con.org and look up the schedule. And you can um, check in to the panels that you want to go to. So if you're planning on coming by, you can say, hey, I'm going to attend this one. It's, um, it's a really cool little thing that they're integrating. I believe they have app functionality now, too. It's been interesting really seeing how they've evolved over the years. All right, so here it is. Um, 6 p.m. Wait where is it
0: Gonna sing Let's sing Summer Get her some time Okay you
1: can't sing Doug I can always sing fucking Doug Oh here it is 6 p.m. Infectiously expanding the universe of Tom Clancy's The Division 2. Tom Clancy's The Division 2 creative director, Julian Garrity, and other members of the team take you on a journey through what it takes to bring the post-pandemic world of The Division 2 to life in-game. Learn how The Division narrative is constructed with the vision of expanding through comic books, novels, and other entertainment. So that's really exciting. So that's happening on Thursday. And then... I'm scrolling back up to get to Friday. Uh, on Friday, I am going to be hosting another panel. This time, my friends over at Warner Brothers were like, Hey, uh, it looks like you had a really fun time making your custom DC villain in Lego DC Super Villains. How about let's talk to some of the dev team. So that is the second panel that I'm going to be hosting. And that is taking place on Friday at Two thirty PM, Um, and let me get pull up the description here for you guys. Um, Also, I'm going to be posting all this on my Twitter, and we'll be retweeting it from the What's Good underscore Games Twitter account as well. If you guys want to get the actual like room numbers and things that it's going to be um, happening in, so you guys can write down all of the details. Man, there's a lot of panels at Comic
2: Con, you guys. There's so many. I'm like the broken version. Burn a part of voice I, don't, is bad. I don't know yeah. that I can match your energy
0: level right <laughs> now. I don't know where this is coming from. I think it just pulled out of my butt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Here it is. It's at 215. 15. It's um, Lego DC Super Villains. Meet the talent behind the video game. The team behind the Lego DC Super Villains video game, including Arthur Parsons, the head of design. There! Yeah, he was great. So we interviewed him at him. E3 on the Facebook Gaming Live Studio, which is awesome. Plus, we got fan favorite Batman voice actor Kevin Conroy, along with Tara Strong, the voice That's of Harley Quinn. Awesome. Julie Nathanson, the voice of Silver Banshee. Fred Tata. T- I always I always screw up his name. Uh, Tata Skiere. I'm gonna ask him how to That's pronounce skill- his name. <laughs> um, who's the voice of Solomon Grundy, Clayface, Black Adam, and Killer Croc. Amos Kirshen, who's the VP of Interactive Animation at DC Entertainment. Justin Ramsden, the designer of superheroes, the LEGO Group, and moderator, Andrea Renee of What's Good Games. That's Who's oh that? Oh my goodness, I'm um, you! Give an inside look at the first LEGO game to put the players at the center of the villain-centric adventure, packed with favorite locations and characters from across the DC Universe. This oh, celebration yeah. of villainy will provide fans with exciting character reveals, details about the story, and players will have the ability to create and play as a supervillain throughout the LEGO DC super villains unleashing mischievous antics and wreaking havoc in an action-packed and hilarious story written in collaboration with DC Comics. Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment and the Lego Group will release the game on October 16th. Oh my god, what a long description. Whew, that was a very long description. That was a lot
2: of words, you guys. But also, I am excited for that game.
0: I'm excited, yeah. That's awesome. Me a very fun SDCC for ye. Yeah, Yeah, I had a
1: really great time uh, playing that game at E3. But wait, ladies and gentlemen, there's more. That's right. On Saturday, because I'm going to be there the entire duration of San Diego Comic-Con, is the third and final panel that I will be hosting, which is called... Lara Croft's defining moment, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So this is at 12.30 p.m. on Saturday. The creative team and cast behind Shadow of the Tomb Raider share new details about Lara Croft's newest adventure, in which Lara must become the Tomb Raider she is meant to be. Jill Murray, lead writer. Heath Smith, the lead game director. And Rich Briggs, a senior brand director. Along with panelist Camilla Luddington, the performance artist for Lara Croft. And Earl Balin, the performance artist for Jonah Maiva? Maiva. How do you say Jonah's last name? I don't know. Uh, we'll be joining I Modern have no idea. Renee. I am not the person to ask. So I have one, two, three panels at San Diego Comic Con. Plus, I have said that I'm going to be swinging by uh, the kind of funny event at Petco Park that they're doing with Rocket League, which is happening Thursday from three to nine uh, for Rocket League's third birthday. And on Saturday, I think I'm going to crash Greg's meet and greet at Skybound. So I'm going to put together all of those details for you guys. But thank you for hanging in there, listening Even to the me read all the cool stuff
2: You're put crashing Greg's thing. You,
1: you should. It'd be funny. Yeah, right? I should. I should totally yeah. just be like, yeah, this is my and greet now, too. Mine. Oh, yeah, but it is. Everybody well, wants to meet me. Gaming, like, yes. and we talked about it on Games Daily, and he was like, yeah, come by. And I was like, you probably didn't get this approved at all. He's like, no, I didn't. And I was like, well, we, maybe we should. He's like, nah, just come by. And I was like, okay. <laughs> that sounds um, about right. But it'll be um, it'll be really fun. And I'll be sure to remind you guys of this uh, because of that, of course, we're going to be taping the show a little bit early next week since I will be gone. Um, but uh, so when the show comes out next Friday, I will have already hosted my first panel, the, the division two panel. It'll be done. Yeah, done. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so that's really cool. We're excited. And if you guys missed it, our RTX Austin announcement video came up. Brit, what did we say in that video? We said that we are going to be there August 3rd through 5th, that we're going to have a panel. We're going to have a meet
0: and greet. We're going to say hi, hello, and love all of you. Well, We're going to eat a lot yeah. of really good food. It's going to be wonderful. We'll be there. RTXAustin.com. Get your tickets. Come say hi. It'll be great. We'll be sweaty. We'll be musty. We'll be a little damp because of the sweat and the perspiration. Perspiration. It's true.
2: <laughs>
1: and uh, we'll have more details moist. about um, the meet and greet and uh, everything that we're going to be doing that weekend coming in the next couple of weeks. Again, that's August third through the fifth, right after my birthday. So my birthday is August first. So I feel like we need to throw a birthday party <gasps> in
2: Austin. Yes, right? Yes. Any I excuse? Like oh my fun. gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm very excited. <laughs> for a second i thought brit was frozen
1: because the face oh, she was she making did. was so good she's like Her frozen face oh this be real good oh i'm excited yeah, yeah so yeah. we'll throw a we'll throw a little what's good games andrea birthday party meet and greet
2: it'll be we fun. get you
0: like a fried birthday cake don't they fry everything in texas they have some um, really they have a really
2: great donut place called gordo's i'm down that sounds like it's in fat in spanish but they spell it like dough Like a like oh oh,
1: like gordo like o u g h Mm -hmm. oh I get it clever Um, clever. yeah so if you guys live in Austin first off please come see us at RTX second off please send us your recommendations
2: for bars that you like that are near um, I think it's at the Marriott. It's usually the convention center and then a few of the buildings around the convention center yeah. so the Marriott. So whatever nearby
1: them. there um we aren't opposed to taking cars to go somewhere but whatever's walking distance is, is appreciated. Bars, restaurants, food recommendations, uh shopping, you know, whatever. Oh, I've been think, a couple of there? times
2: so I know a few things. All right. Oh,
1: Steimer's got her own list of uh of places to go.
2: Noted. Oh hell, yeah. We'll have
1: to compare notes. It's going to be great. Yes. Uh but don't forget to mark that in your calendars. Um okay. I think it's time to start start the show, what do you think? I think probably it's been a while. I know, right? Probably Sorry, I made that intro really long. That's I had a, I wanted to read the descriptions. For no, the I know, I'm not mad. I'm no one is you, paper girl. You read uh, your shit.
2: I ain't mad. Why does everyone always think I'm mad? <laughs> <laughs> First timer. I'm
1: very rarely mad. It's true. <laughs> it's true. That's just part of your time. Just quiet. Just quietly judgmental. Oh, super judgmental, just not usually <laughs> mad. <laughs> okay, so first up on the news this week, Nintendo wants to release 20 to 30 indie games on Nintendo Switch per week. So this is a report from IGN written up by Mr. Peter Clark, and it reads, During its 78th annual general shareholders meeting at the end of last month, Nintendo executives faced questions about the future of Switch, and specifically, About indie games. During the meeting, one shareholder asked, indie games have become a hot topic recently as games made by small-scale developers around the world with relatively low development costs. Uh, How will Nintendo integrate these kinds of games into its future business strategy? Nintendo Senior Executive Officer Susumu Tanaka gave a surprisingly high estimate for exactly how many games the company hopes to bring to Switch. Quote, we are actively engaging with indie developers at video game focused shows and other events in different regions. Some of the indie games already released have gone on to become million sellers worldwide. In the future, we are looking to release around 20 to 30 indie games on Nintendo Switch per week and definitely expect to see some great games among them. And in bold, Britt added in the show notes, quotes, some ha 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 fuck.
2: <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> favorite commentary ever.
1: Um, Just so you guys are aware, the eShop has been inching its way up to that number. During the July 5th week of releases, 18 titles were added to the store. Charles writes in to Dear WGG and reads, And writes, I recently read an article that had a soundbite from a shareholder meeting at Nintendo that said that they are shooting for 20 to 30 indie games to release on the Switch per week. Does that seem extreme to you? It seems like the bigger concern should be the quality of titles and not necessarily how many you can ram out.
2: What do you ladies think? I agree. That seems like too many. Well, I think when they're talking about, like, oh, we've seen some release and, like, go on to sell millions, I'm like, yes, because... There weren't as many games on the platform. And once you start to like add to the sea of things people need to dig through in order to find those gems, that number is going to go down. Oh, the number that sells the well. number that they start selling, like yeah, they yeah. won't do as well because there's going to be so it's going to it's a lot of noise to try and cut through right now. It doesn't have a lot of it. Uh, it's starting to get more as as we've seen, but before it was like, like Brit, you said, I think you're like, yeah, I'll just go on my switch and see. You know, see what's on there and, you know, find some cool games that way. But if there were 30 of them, do you think you would have found any of those games? Yeah, so that's what's tricky is I think on
0: average it's been about 10 or so a week. I mean, obviously, it was just this last week. It was 18. And what I like about it is, you know, each game has its little description. I open it up. I read a brief description. Does this interest me? And, uh, you know, I'll just move on. If it doesn't, find what looks interesting, read a little bit about it online and call it good. So the idea of this amount sounds like a lot. And I mean... Like you said, the problem is, is the more you put out there, the the more vast the ocean is going to get of these games, and they're not going to do as well. So I was looking up some numbers here. So the average weekly Steam submissions in 2017 was 150 games. This is just to put mm-hmm. some stuff in perspective. And then there's a time where the average iOS game submitted daily from 2014 to 2016 was 500 games a day.
2: Yes, but then when you look no. at those platforms and you say cutting through, like, the ones, games that are successful in those platforms are few and far between. No,
0: no, no, totally. I just thought those were really interesting numbers because, I mean, oh, 20, sure. yeah, yeah, that's 20, 30. It sounds like a lot, but I think it's not that bad. Some people are saying, hey, maybe Nintendo needs to redesign the UI of the eShop to make it more easy to see. You know, I actually think the eShop is fine the way it is, but, I mean, if you have a strong suggestion of how the eShop could be improved, let me know, because I, I think it's pretty fine the way it is. But, I mean, this this makes sense indies do extremely well on the nintendo switch i mean i was looking at um some quotes from other developers that have published there so steam world dig 2 sold five to ten times the amount that it sold on steam and those games released concurrently also super meat boy on switch the first day sales came extremely close to xbox 360's debut back in 2010 after the console had already been out for five years so i think and you hear about publishers posting or talking about their release on Switch, uh, these little indie guys. And they're like, yeah, you know, it does really well. I haven't really heard anything super negative said about these games. So, not surprising. Is it going to get a little a little heavy there? Sure. But this is just bound to happen. It's extremely opposite of what the Wii U was doing, where it's averaging like three games a week during its first y- year on the market. I guess if you have to have it either way this is a good way to do it. But I think the quote that we're all talking
2: about that we're laughing at is, we'll see some good games. And that's the Yeah, concern. that's the part. Yeah, we're yeah. right. Like, if you're releasing 20 to 30 just to, like, hit a number, which I don't know if that's what they're, you know. Right. That's speculation. Right. Um I don't think that's necessarily what you should. You shouldn't be like, I want to target this many. You should be like, I want to target having the best quality games on Switch. I want the best indies on Switch. I want somebody to know... And that's what Nintendo used to be, like, way back in the day, like, on the Nintendo um, and Super Nintendo. Like, you knew when you were buying something what quality... Uh, what cali- Sorry, my mm-hmm. words are, are hard today. Um, you knew the caliber of what you were buying. Like, the product was going to be good. They used to uh, slap that
0: official Nintendo seal of quality sticker on everything. Exactly! And then, it, and then they got rid of the, what was it, seal of quality? or They got rid of some sticker. and yeah, then of, they were like, like the never mind. Well,
1: we're in an era now where... First off, there's more good games being made than ever before. And I continually am amazed by the sheer volume of games that continue to find an audience. And so 20 to 30 games a week, I agree, sounds like too much. But um, potentially those are – if they're short games, maybe they'll be – they'll find an audience. Like for example, when we were talking about our resolutions, somebody in the YouTube comments on last week's episode – Mentioned that he has completed 15 games on average every month this year. And I was like, that means you're playing a game every two days. These clearly must be shorter games. And so maybe you can do like a, like a plethora of games that way if they are smaller, these uh, smaller indie experiences. However, we're in this weird era where It seems like the platform holders are trying to straddle this line between curating the content on their platform and also making the platform open for everybody to publish their game on. And so they haven't quite figured out what the balance is because they don't want to just give free reign. Steam has come forward and said... We're going to kind of like take a hands off approach now after there's been some protest over a few games that were removed from the Steam marketplace. Valve is like, okay, we're just going to kind of let people publish at will. We're not going to censor anything. We're not going to curate it. We're just going to like make it an open and free marketplace. But the console makers are still you know, making all of their games go through the certification process, not only from a technical standpoint, but over from a content standpoint so that they can kind of have oversight. We've seen PlayStation recently block certain games. Um, the super seducer is the one that comes to mind. Um, that game that looked yeah. like hot garbage yeah. uh, that we refused to talk about on the show. Um, but like, So I think Nintendo's in a weird place because as the family brand of all of the console makers, even though technically all of them are family friendly, Nintendo has long always been like the family machine. They don't necessarily want to open their floodgates to any and all indie developers because then that could potentially infiltrate the eShop with some unsavory games. But, on the other hand, like maybe they want to have a more open and free marketplace. It's a, weird, it's a weird spot to be in. Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I was saying, the Switch is my indie machine. I love all the indies on there. Of course, you're going to get some bad eggs with the good eggs. But I feel like, you know, if you, if you have an idea of what you're doing, how the whole thing of this internet works, how these indie games work, it's not hard to hop on the Google machine and be like, alright, what are the reviews on this game? What are people saying? So you can easily sift through them. I don't think... Does the Switch have it on the the rating? But you can't trust the ratings on the consoles anyway. You know how like be, yeah yeah because yeah. they're always like at least four and a half stars, and you're like okay, there's no way that's that's the truth of the matter. But you know, I I love it, and I've never played more indie games before in my life than with my Switch. So if this means more experiences coming to me that I didn't play when they when games had released on PC before, like I'm all for it. It's all good. It'll be fine. You don't have to spend your money.
2: Yeah, I just I will be interested to see if this affects sales or if it does not. And if, like, if these indies continue to sell just as well as they did before they started increasing output.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a fair... I mean, right now, you know, the competition isn't that heavy. You open right. up your Switch and you see the same games that you, you saw, like, one yeah. week ago, two weeks ago. And you're like, hey, there's that game that kind of looks familiar. But once you're adding, like, two or three times the amount... You're then adding more than...
2: Yeah. And... Right. I, I don't remember the exact thing, but, you know, there's that, that paralysis of choice that does happen when you see too many things. Like you're when you go like, on ah. Steam? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're like, I can't, I can't, my brain can't physically handle this, so I'm going to just walk away. Walk away. <laughs> like, I don't right. browse on Steam. I, If I go on Steam, it's because I'm looking, I know exactly what it is that I'm going there for, and I just search for it, find it. Buy it. Done. Done. Mm-hmm.
1: Alright. Moving on. Darksiders 3 is coming this November with two special editions. So this news, um, broke earlier this week and it's something that I'm particularly excited about. So this is, this write-up comes from Polygon. Darksiders 3, the first game in the series since the closure and rebirth of THQ, is set to be released on November 27th. The game was revealed last year and players were introduced to Fury, the sister of the Darksiders protagonist, War and Death. According to a report from IGN Gunfire Games, the studio behind Dark Stars 3 also revealed a few special editions of the game. Um, so we've got the standard collector's edition that's $150. it has got a bunch of stuff, steelbook, statue. And then there's the apocalypse edition that is $400. This premium edition will come with three extra 11-inch statues featuring Death, War, and Vulgrim the shopkeeper, as well as the, hor- the four horsemen, amulet, and a... 30 inch by 40 inch wall scroll, which is kind of crazy. Um, and it's going to be, uh, released on PS4, Windows PC, and Xbox One. So I'm not, I don't want to make this too drawn out of a news story, but I just, I'm excited that it's happening this year. Um, I feel like- Are you getting the $400 version? No, definitely not. (laughs) I mean, like, if they send it to me, I will be very grateful and thankful, but they won't. But like, I just, ah, uh, I, I look at how many, I have so many toys on, on set already. Where am I going to put four statues? My house. That's crazy talk. Yeah, Britt. Um, but the gameplay that IGN revealed back in May looks beautiful. I'm excited to play as Fury. I think the Darksiders franchise is underloved. Um, and I feel like if you have never played and you're interested at all in third person action adventure games, that have some really great RPG mechanics. You might really like this game or this franchise. And you can play it on... I believe it's available on Xbox One in the definitive, definitive edition. I think mm-hmm. that's what it's called. Um, on, both on Xbox One and PS4 and PC. I'm not sure if it's on backwards compatibility or not. If you already have it. But... It's great. I'm definitely looking forward to going back and uh, jumping back in um, ahead of November to kind of get a nice refresh, but I just wanted to let you guys know that that release date is out, and I'm pumped about it. Um, you Neither of you played any Darksiders, right? I played I dabbled.
0: Yeah, I dabbled in the first one um, in like 2010. I think it was February of 2010, and what I was really interested about at the time was everyone was talking about how it kind of reminded them of Zelda, and I was like, alright, that's all you gotta say. I'm gonna hop into it. And I started playing it and then for some reason I stopped playing it. I don't know why. But I think this is a series I would really like. I just have to, you know, sit down and actually play it. Now Andrew, did you ever think you were gonna get this game when THQ shut down in twenty twelve?
1: No. I honestly like I did I thought the Darksiders franchise was done after mm-hmm. Darksiders two and after everything that happened with THQ. I was like, that's sad, but just, you know, another loss in the gaming industry of a franchise gone, like Kingdoms of Amalur. Yeah, I would love for that to come back. We've talked about that before, but that's never happening. Um, so I thought, so when this was announced and it was revealed, I was like, OMG. Because it was a game that when I played it, I didn't think that I would like it either. But then I just got like strangely hooked on it. Mm. And I really enjoyed it. And I haven't seen anything of this game. I didn't get a chance to check it out at E3. I don't even know if it was there. Uh, don't know. I haven't gotten a chance to play it. And all I've seen is what's available online that everything everybody else has seen, but I really am hoping that before November, maybe at PAX West, we'll see them do uh, like a, a, a nice chunk of gameplay or some more details, maybe a panel or something. Uh, I would love to, to learn more about it. So um, this is very exciting. Thank you, Gunfire Games and, and THQ Nordic. I can't wait. It's going to be great.
0: It sounds like Gunfire um, also has a lot of Vigil employees, too, working for them. So not we don't have to talk about this too long but are you confident that it'll be the Darksiders because it's been a hot minute because I think the first Darksiders game released within like two years of each other and this has been a long time so are you like confident you well
1: based off what I've seen so far they look like they've definitely nailed the visual style of the franchise so check it looks really good in the pre-alpha gameplay that I've seen so far as far as gameplay, I mean, we're going to have to obviously wait until the game comes out to, or or at least until we get some lengthy hands on time at a preview session to know for sure. But I, I don't think that there's any risk of them really screwing this up in any way. I'm not I'm not concerned about that at all. It's one of those things that my expectations are very tempered. Like my bar is like not super high. I'm just excited that there's more darksiders and I Mm. hope that it's great and that so far it looks good, but I'm just kind of going into it just enthusiastic and not critical in any way. And I know that that's unusual for me, but I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I hope it's going to be great. It's just one of those games that you just like to play. You just enjoy
0: playing it. It's not like you're, yeah, I get it. We all have those sort of games.
1: Yeah, if it's not perfect, is that's a fine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be perfect. So, perfect. Just just make it good. Make it not broken. That's really all I'm asking for. Just not broken. That's where we're at in, the in games these days. Just don't make it broken <laughs> when it, it comes broken. out at lunch. Um, speaking of broken games, I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> that's <a terrible> <laughs> That would be a weird segue. <laughs> a terrible segue. The llamas and the burgers from Fortnite are
2: invading our world. So, if this, one of those burgers could invade my mouth right now that would be really great girl I'm very hungry That's yeah. I, I
0: was thinking you're burger. gonna say like invade my stomach, but then you said my mouth, and i like, that, well, it has to in order to,
2: get, in order to get to the stomach, it needs to go through the mouth. Okay. That's kind of how kinda it is.
1: Be, be efficient. I would be down for a burger right now, too. Burger sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Game Informer wrote this up. As you guys know, season five is imminent, it probably has already launched by the time yeah. this episode is going up. Um, it seems that Fortnite weirdness never ends as photographer Sela Shilani found our missing dir burger in the middle of the California desert. What originally seemed like it could only be the product of Photoshop turned out to be very real and very strange. Shalani posted more images and video on Twitter showing more hints as to the possible future of the game in Season 5. Nothing screams safe like walking up to a giant burger only to see signs that say, This site is unstable. Beware of possible side effects. Despite this, Shalani risks life and limb and possible burger tumors to get closer and share his discovery on Twitter. This all points to the upcoming fifth season of Fortnite with the recent rocket launch cracking the dome around the world. Objects have been disappearing from the game and reappearing in the real world, which is disturbing just by itself. If this means the real world will soon become Fortnite, then count me out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It seems like part of it would be pretty fun. I think so, too. Uh, on top of all this nonsense, players and esports teams have made it out to the site only to be greeted by an agent who handed them a cryptic card that hinted at more Fortnite oddities. The card had a number, which led to a recording of another object being sucked into a rift. For now, there is a giant burger and an 80s-era police car in the middle of the desert. This vi- This is video games. This is real life. Meanwhile, in London, Barcelona, and Cologne, more oddities are appearing as players have been finding llamas around the world. I want to find llama a llama. The llamas seem to point to other elements of Season 5 outside of a possible desert map, and enterprising players have been searching all over Europe for the pinatas. I do, you, want
0: one. do you think Epic has a lot of money? And do you think they're just having a lot of fun
2: right now? <laughs> do you think they have, they have a lot have of, a money. Lot of <laughs> money? They had a lot of money before Fortnite. I just Now they have. That, so that, it's true. So this much is, money.
0: This is amazing. I mean, someone at some point had to haul this huge-ass fucking burger into the desert and be like, all right, this looks like a good spot. Is it a statue of a burger? Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I mean, Google. I actually
2: haven't seen these photos. Google. Yeah, no, it's giant. It's like a
1: giant burger in the desert.
0: Oh, and it's hilarious. Like, this is something that they they did. They just put this burger on, like, probably a big old, like, semi-truck and dropped its ass off in the middle of the desert. It's like, all right, now let's just wait for the magic to
2: happen or whatever. I think it's incredible. I love that they had to fucking commission someone to make a giant burger. That's, That's what, what I'm love. saying.
0: Like you know, everyone was sitting around a table, like, "Hey guys, you know, we can play. We have some money to play with. Let's have so much fun with this. I know. Let's recreate that big Dur burger
2: and let's put llamas <gasps> all over the world." Oh my really god! Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm seeing the photos. Holy shit! This is amazing. That's what I'm saying. This is yeah, awesome. I don't it's, know that I've ever been happier.
1: It's pre- it's pretty bonkers. But I want to bring up something that maybe longtime fans of What's Good Games might remember. I did a weird unboxing video of a backpack that Fortnite (laughs) dropped off. Darren Suggs, the creative director, came out and sat out here in our studio. We streamed the game back when it first launched on PS4. It was a really great time. And they left us a little Fortnite backpack. And inside was a bunch of weird shit. Mm -hmm. And so I did a video. And in that video, there is a recording of me holding up a Walkman with a tape inside, playing it to the microphone. And at the time, PR guy Nick Chester was like, I don't know what that means. And I was like, what is the meaning of this recording? He's like, you'll find out someday. Wait, what was the recording? Do you remember? Dude, I don't. But I bet you there's some hints. I bet you if Reddit found out that we had this recording in an unboxing video, that maybe they would be interested. YouTube.com slash What's
0: Good Games under cool stuff. You can find this video. Also, there's a poncho in there. I think that's my favorite thing. In the
1: world, there's, there's and there's those ready to eat meals that are still in the closet. Yeah. We could eat them. We were gonna do a taste
2: test of these uh, Fortnite ready to eat meals, and we never did. We would have to do it by this burger. Like you guys would need to come to California, and we would need to drive to Dur Burger and sit there and eat the ready to eat meals from Fortnite. While wearing the poncho, it'll be real hot. While wearing a pot, we'll we'll bring umbrellas to like coolers. But how off. long is the burger gonna be out there for? Who's to say? Who's to say? I Also, think this is so do you, they need to get some sort of permit in order to do that? Right, you can't just dump yeah. shit in the middle of the desert. Correct.
0: I know. You just think about like, hey, so what do you want to drop off in the middle of
2: the desert? Well, this this burger. What's it called? called it has the, the Dur Durr Burger? Has yes. anybody found the the permit file? I imagine that's public record. I don't know. It's amazing. Like I just I just want to like. Can you imagine the clerk's office being like? They want to do what? I want to put a giant just, statue of a burger. In this.
0: I also love that players are finding llamas all around the world. Like, it's just so funny. I just love everything about this. This I, is just so
2: fun. It, it brings me joy. Me too. I don't even play this game, but I don't I even also care. want a llama. I want a llama near where I live. So I want to go visit it and pet it and say, hello, llama. I smashed a lot of you. I'm sorry, but not really. I'm sorry, but you gave me great cosmetics. Um,
0: another video that was real fun was the, gosh, what was it? The llama father. What was, it was that Fortnite video that, uh, Andrew, you shot. You're in the, it's like the Godfather, but with like the
1: Fortnite pinata. Oh yeah. That was at PAX. Yeah.
0: I'll I'll find that and I'll have to promote that on our social media. So
1: funny. Oh my gosh. I totally forgot about that. So that was happened because Steimer and I went into the Fortnite booth at PAX West last year Smash uh with Chris <laughs> the Paragon community manager who now works at Blizzard and we murdered this llama piñata at, it was very uh, at fun. PAX West and they let me take the the head of the llama from the piñata that we busted open and then I made this this little dumb video so of, in the style of the Godfather
2: Oh yeah I remember that video that was fun
1: Yeah it We was have really fun silly. sometimes <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, um, all right. So Fortnite, shit's happening in Fortnite, everybody. God knows surprise, what it surprise. is. Surprise. Moving on. Um, this is just a fun little piece of news that I wanted to add because I, I love promoting what our friends over at Able Gamers are doing. Uh, results from the first ever Xbox gaming tournament at the Special Olympics. So this is tied into the next story, but, um, the first piece of news is from Xbox. Um, as you may know, Xbox recently hosted the first ever gaming tur- tournament at the 2018 Special Olympics in Seattle. The Xbox gaming tournament was structured like an esports competition and featured eight unified teams consisting of an athlete with an intellectual disability and one without from around the U.S. who competed in Forza Motorsport Seven. The half-day tournament culminated with one winning team, Team Dempsey, aka Team Shake and Bake from Washington. Yeah. Teammates Team Tim Dempsey and Nicholas Rasmussen were each awarded with custom Xbox One X consoles. Um, and I bring this up because Xbox is also partnering on another esports initiative with Able Gamers who announced a new expansion pack which is part of their program to bring assistive technology to gamers with disabilities around the country to New Orleans and they have partnered with Xbox for an upcoming esports tournament for Halo and Gears of War. And so the headline, of course, Able Gamers Foundation and key partners donate $10,000 in assistive gaming equipment to children's hospitals in New Orleans. And they are going to be bringing some of their awesome gamers to the esports tournament in New Orleans as well. And I just wanted to say, uh, congrats to Steve and Mark and all of the folks over at Able Gamers. They are doing fantastic work with their expansion packs and New Orleans is, um, a great place for there to be one because I think it's traditionally an underserved community, uh, not just um, in that state, but just in the south overall. I feel like a lot of gaming conventions are always on the West Coast or they're in New York. And it's great to see that Xbox is bringing this awesome tournament and the expansion pack into uh, New Orleans. So congrats to Hell those yeah. folks over there. Um And then lastly, rounding out the news for the week is some uh, announcements from the ESA, the Entertainment Software Association, Electronic Software yeah. Association, like, Entertainment yeah. Software. I think that's what it is. I don't know. Actually, that's a pretty, um,
0: pretty sure um, Let me look that up. While we do that,
1: they it's sent me an electronic. email do, saying that do, E3 do, 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 was be- pretty big this year, you guys. Really, really big. In fact, there were not only over 69,000 attendees at E3 this year but 69,000 <laughs> nice 69,400 i think was the exact number uh there were more than 15 million tweets During the show, more than 4.4 million people watched the E3 press conferences on Twitch. The E3 Coliseum had 3.4 million video views on Facebook Live, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, and Mixer. And E3 generated more than 15,000 printed articles and was covered by broadcast media in 19 languages around the world. There was a 94% increase in tweets and almost 70 million views of E3's top trailers. Basically, what we're trying to say is E3 is kind of
0: a, a big B deal. D. I
1: think yeah. this video
0: game industry is going places, ladies and gentlemen. I think we're I think
1: going it to- might
2: be here to stay. <laughs> we might be here to stay. I don't know. It's hard to tell. I have a sneaking suspicion.
1: <laughs> yeah, and people out there have the gall to say that E3 is obsolete. Yeah. We don't need E3. E3's done. Why do it's we even have longer? E3? That's what she said. That is what she said. <laughs> is I'm funny. like, this is why. Because clearly people love it. I love it. E3 is exciting. You get to see new games. We get to see a bunch of people. We get to talk to developers. We get to host cool live streams with people like GameSpot and Facebook. And I get to host press conferences and stuff. It's a good Dang. time. Yeah, you do. It's a good time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, E3. so um, that was cool. And we got to meet some awesome What's Good Games fans. Who were there enjoying the show and some of our awesome Patreon supporters like Molly.
0: Molly! Yay! Also, it's entertainment um, that we were right. so I did get it right the first time. Damn. I just, just second guessed myself. that, that also, right. no, also I stands didn't. for European Space Agency, but for our purpose, Entertainment Software Association. Space Agency? Yeah. That sounds
2: way better. Let's do that. Get on that. Let's SEO. go to space, guys! Yeah. Male, you Molly. should be able to help us figure this out. Get us a rocket, It's all about Molly. the Space Force. How do we go to space?
1: <laughs> Elon Musk is working on it. Sure. Um, I'm sure he is. Okay. That's going to do it for news for this week. Um, we are going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. And it's summer break, so I'm sure you guys have been playing a lot of cool stuff, too. Stick with us. We'll be right back.
0: Kids in their summer breaks. I ain't got no breaks. We're just jealous adults who don't get that no more.
2: So Fine. true. Let this is so great. Cool. You guys ready? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Let's rock this bitch.
1: Welcome back, everybody! It's segment two of the What's Good Games podcast, and this week we're going to be talking about some video games that we've been playing.
2: Surprise! Oh my goodness, <laughs> I never saw this coming. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Why is this so funny? I don't, I don't know. I don't okay, know. life is good. I don't know. We're just that's true. we're heat just stroke. delirious because of the heat. Somewhere. Yeah, I think that's what it that's, is. That's yes, that happens. Stay inside, kids. Play video games and air-conditioned dark rooms. like, hugging me like a blanket right now. The heat is just...
0: This reminds me of our happy hour Q&A we did in our prom dresses where we were sweating and leaving, like, little puddles of sweat in so our lady, lady regions. It was
1: not good. It's true. That happened. That, that was the thing. Um, all right, so let's get started, shall we? Um, I've been playing a bunch of stuff. Britt, you've been playing um, some of the same stuff, but I see that you've been playing Destiny 2. What's yeah. that Yeah. I know. So finally,
0: after hearing you ladies talk
1: about it for so long,
0: I was like, hey, I'm going to get my ass into this. Because every... Okay, so I have this thing. So every winter, I usually want to get into an MMO. I think it's like a seasonal thing. Every summer, Destiny sounds good. And I'm like, Destiny sounds good. And I'm like, it's summer. Of course it does. I don't know what it is, but something about it. <laughs> I like it. I don't know. That's so funny. Jason and I played through the campaign. We did Curse of Osiris and Warm, Warm Wind. <laughs> and warm wind. <laughs> warm wind and so we've done all the campaign stuff all the story stuff and Wait, what now, platform are you
1: playing on ps4
2: <gasps> I've, added, was was me. Say, I've added destiny i've added both of you finally okay, added good. me
1: and
2: it's, i was like
0: holy shit has hell frozen over well i had to scroll through a whole bunch of names and i found i i, I sorry to everyone who sent me a request i'm awful i'm terrible if i can't even add some of my two very most dearest friends don't take it personally It's true yeah. yeah um i have a we had a really good time playing it and we're at i think my light level is like 345 right now and so that's really good yeah and so now it's like how do i get it up to because the max is what 385 or 380 one or the other
1: um, yeah i think it's three. i should know this off i the think top it's of my head. i think it's
0: 385 where's it's, ziger
1: when you need him
0: ziger light um, level and we're having a, a lot of a lot of fun with it. To me, it just feels like you know destiny. I like doing the community events and the heroic events. And we did a strike. We tried a nightfall strike, just the two of us, and we were at it for an hour, and we died. And I felt like I lost an
1: hour of my life oh, that I'll never get. Back. Yeah, you have to go in with three for nightfall. Yeah, we did um, real good.
0: We were at a very like the very end, and then I mean, granted, it takes an hour, and we had no points by the end of it because we sucked so bad. But I. Really enjoy Destiny 2. It's really fun. I like some of the MMO elements of it. You know, you see other people running around. You see what other gear people are getting. It's just fun to see people having dance parties. And the gameplay, obviously, is wonderful. I like how there's always a wide variety of things to do, whether you want to find Cade's chest or find some events or do some adventures again. There's always stuff to do. I want to say I love the characters also in Destiny 2, and I think it has much more personality than the first one. And I think... From what I remember, I feel like we're seeing more of these characters. I just wish there was more. And the storytelling always seems like it's in such little bite sized pieces that it never really yeah. flows, right? And I was telling Jason this. I'm like, man, like what I would give, like my left ovary and half of my right ovary for like, like a 15 hour like just fluid destiny story where you get to see these characters and see more of their personality and see them interact because they're so well done. And every time they speak, I feel like you have so much depth to you, but I'm not seeing it. So, yeah, and yeah. I mean, that's just a testament to how great the writing is. I just wish there was more of that. I know Destiny isn't the right game probably for this, like, complaint. It's not even a complaint. It's just a wish for more, I guess. But uh, I'm really liking it. I'm having a lot of fun. I just don't know how to get better gear. Like
1: at this point, you got a like, raid, girl, and you know oh. who's there for you the what's good guardian. So, the max life level is 380. With mods, you can mm. reach 385. Um, and so I am happy to shepherd you through the raid. Um, we've got a great crew. Um, we've got like Drew and Kayla, Lane, and a bunch of other people who, um, are up for raiding. And, uh, you do have to be, I think, 360. Minimum, but the easiest way to get ready for raiding is to run strikes. Mm. So let me jump in there with you. Steimer can jump in. We can, like, fire team up. I'd have to redownload the game. Run the strike playlist. So you pop some fire team medallions. You, you know, get some Vanguard tokens. And also completing those weeklies, those weekly... Um, goals that are in your director are really going to give you the engrams that drop the high level gear that mm-hmm. you need to help progress. It is a slow grind up there. I'm not I'm not going to pretend like it's not, but it's fun. It's a fun grind. Yeah, it's really and, fun. And also, I'm happy to bring you into the crucible cuz you can oh, get boy. some really good rewards in PvP too. LOL.
0: I'm a, I'm that I'm that person hiding behind some sort of structure and just hoping and praying that I don't get popped. I'm so Pop, pop. I, I am so bad at PvP, but I have so much fun playing.
1: Yeah, not but, but the good news about Destiny PvP is that I feel like it's more approachable than some other first person shooter PvP because they, um, they even everybody out unless you're playing Iron Banner, like mm. all of your leveled gear is kind of flattened when you're playing in PvP, which is nice. So if I have a really high powered gun, it's not going to do more damage than your gun, for example. Mm. Um, again, unless you're in Iron Banner, but, What that's great about that is it makes it a little bit more approachable for people who are like you jumping back in in preparation for the, you know, the Forsaken expansion that's coming in the fall or people who just miss out the first time and are like, Hey, a lot of people are talking about this. My friends are playing. Maybe I want to check it out. Mm -hmm. So I'm really glad that you're playing. I actually am really looking forward to getting back in. I've gotten the destiny fever again in a really palpable way. (laughs) <laughs> um so I'm 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 down. I'm down to play girl. You just gotta you, yeah. just, you just shoot me a message. I need help with the Let me raids. know. And um we gotta get you into the we gotta get you into the in the into the clan. Yeah. I need to feel like a belong. I need yeah. to belong somewhere. You do belong to the I will us. give you, we'll give you a place. A, a place in the what's good guardians. Um Steimer. hmm You have been playing. A couple of things. Hero you! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Look at that yes. smile on her face. So let's talk, ab- let's talk about this. Tell me about this game.
2: So, <laughs> where do I begin? Uh, many moons ago, many, many moons ago, I kick-started a game because it was created by two of my favorite game designers in the whole wide world, Lori and Corey Cole. They created Quest for Glory, which if you have not played Quest for Glory yet, go to good old games, buy them. It's I think it's like five, six bucks for all of them. There's four. No, five. Sorry, I whew, forgot about the fifth. Um and <laughs> March 2015, uh, I believe it was.
1: What? The Kickstarter. Oh. 2015?
2: Was it was only Dang. three years ago. It feels like way longer. <laughs> um Maybe it was May
1: 2015. But yeah, 2015. Originally in the Kickstarter side note. Sorry to interrupt you. Estimated delivery, it says March 2016.
2: Yes. So they took a little longer, (laughs) obviously, Um, which I'm okay. I think it was one of those things where – so Lori and Corey Cole really haven't made a game, I I think, since their Sierra days, which if you you don't know – quite a while ago. Um, so I think they were probably, like, thrown off by how much more complicated it is now. Um, and they were they were very upfront and honest. They've communicated so much um, to all of, like, their Kickstarter backers being like, hey, we kind of fucked up the deadlines. Whoops. Um, but we're still making this game and, like, it's still plugging forward. And um, Greg had actually joked, because I think back at the time we were obviously together and, like, I think... I gave them like 200 bucks or something. I was just like, take all my money. Uh, He, I think, also in solidarity gave some money because he was like, is this game ever fucking coming out? I keep getting emails from them all the time. Oh, I remember that joke he made during our show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Uh, I think so. (laughs) And so I don't know specifically because I'm not really paying attention when they send me emails at this point because they sent so many. But I have the game. I think this is technically launch, but I don't know if it's like a soft launch for Kickstarter backers Mm -hmm. and like they'll fully launch later or if this is the full launch. I do not know. But um, I started playing it. I will say like the art style is not really my speed, but the writing and the gameplay, I'm like okay, this is, like, reminding me. This is just so much wonderful nostalgia goodness wrapping me Aww. in its arms and hugging me and being like, you love this thing, remember this thing? And I'm like, yes, I do, this is amazing. And what's interesting about it is they've taken their old formula and sort of expanded on it a little bit. So before, if you have no idea what Quest for Glory is, it is an action-adventure game, is what I would call it. I probably like one of the original action-adventure games. Not a traditional, standard Sierra adventure game uh because in those adventure games the puzzles are very obtuse you don't necessarily know what it is you need to do um and in quest for glory they are relatively straightforward depending on your character class so if you are playing a fighter a lot of the puzzles are mostly going to be you breaking your way into shit because you're a big strong man um and then if you are a wizard a lot of the time it involves you casting some figuring out which sort of spells you need to be casting in order to get through the next thing, if you are a thief, which is the best class, you can you know use a lot of acrobatics or whatever. And each one has like their own little side storyline, which was fucking amazing. Your character would uh, actually import from one game to the next. I think that's got to be one of the first games that ever did that. And you could ha- unlock a secret class if you did that with your fighter. You could unlock the paladin class. I think it was in the second game or in the third game. Um So anyways, all these wonderful little game design elements, um, that's sort of back, except you can't really choose your class this time, it is the story of a rogue named Sean, and you are going, you're basically, like, get caught stealing something, go figure, and you are- stealing? You are a rogue. Well, I, so, they have a lot of, like, really wonderful little nods to the original series, um, and so it's like, oh, the chief thief has sent me on this mission. This is the very beginning of the game. I'm not spoiling anything. <laughs> this is like five minutes in. Uh, and as you're, like, searching this house, you come out. Basically, someone's like, cops are going to arrest you. You should come with me instead. Um, and so you go with this person, and they take you to Hero U, which is the place why the, the game is called this. Uh, it is Hero University. There are theoretically all of the other classes at this school. So there are they talk about having paladins, they talk about having wizards, they talk about um regular bards, but they call your class, which I think is super cute, the disbard bards. Because they don't want to call them rogues, because rogues are not very heroic sounding. So uh. you're like the shunned class. You like your classes are way later than everybody else's. No one really talks to you except like people in your class. And the whole idea is like you'll learn how to become a really good rogue, and maybe a hero later. Granted, I just started playing this game, but that's where it's going. Um, and you still increase all of your skills very, I would say, Skyrim style, if you are more familiar with newer games, in that you have to do the thing in order to level it up. So you could walk around. I just got the sneak ability, and I'm like, oh my god, I remember doing this so much. You would just sneak around the whole game. You just sneak like to class, you sneak to your dorm, because it increases your sneak ability as you're doing it. Uh, and then you have like a training room where you're going and like doing the tightrope and climbing things. And the thing that they've added to this is a little sort of Dragon Age Origins e, and that you have now, um, uh, like dislikes like like a relationship meter is what I'm looking for with a bunch of the different characters in the game. Um, so is there banging? I don't think so. There was there was basically there was like marriage sort of in like. The fifth game, um, you could pick either Katrina or Irana, and like one of them Not would it. end up being your waifu. You could propose to them, but there wasn't like a sexy scene or anything. Um, oh, the sexiest scene that I remember in this game was a thinking in three, and there's a there had the leopard people. They would shape shift into leopards, and so like some of that some of the animations there were like very sexy. Ooh,
1: no, no shape anyways, shifting So, uh, no, we're talking about an animal sh- a person shape-shifting into an animal being totally normal and legit, I just wanted to bring that up for just a half second. That's arr, all. Arr, okay, they don't turn arr. into... That's all. That's all.
2: That's all. You know what? Arr, I would... Mm-hmm. Leopard's much sexier creature than, say, a seal. Hey, what you about what? What about you don't leopard seals? Be, uh, you
1: don't need to be discriminatory <sighs> against aquatic animals, okay? Leopard That's seals. All. I'm just saying, Happy when I look at a
2: seal, I'm not like, oh yeah, baby, that blubber. But when you see a leopard, you're like, oh baby, When you see a leopard, spots- you're like, ooh, like the like. You see, it's like a muscular animal. It's got those <laughs> soft, shiny spots. It's prowling through so the I jungle. I see. You only like people
1: with muscles. Okay, I yeah. got you. This is yeah. what's happened.
0: So Andrea now has a seal. Samra has a leopard. We'll have to wait to see what my animal. It'll come out at some point. Maybe next year. <laughs>
1: Everyone has an animal, but me now I am a little left out. So Samra, so I, I, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. You know, I, I was no, right there with you.
0: So my aunt loved Sierra games. I actually played a few Sierra games growing up as well. And she loved Quest for Glory. Would you recommend this to someone who loves Quest for Glory or liked it? Yes. Okay.
2: Yes. If you liked Quest for Glory, you're going to really like this game. Again, for me, the art style isn't hitting with me. Right. But the writing and every other element of the game is. So I'm like, yes, if you know Quest for Glory, this game is just going to be like a wonderful little nostalgia trip for you. Awesome. They even have, if you've played before, there was usually like one character... There are a couple throughout the series, but they're, like, more of an animal. Uh, what the fuck is it called? Anthropomorphic animal? Uh. And there, there was one in particular in 3 that I fucking can't remember his name, but he was basically a dog. And he's like, oh, yes, Master. Like, please, Master, whatever. Like, he, like, loved the shit out of you. You could barter in that particular game. So And you could get him down to paying, like, one cent for meat from him when it's the original price is, like, 30 or 40 cents, and you're Taking just like, no, you take, you take this penny, and he's like, oh, thank you so much, <laughs> and you feel like shit when you do it, but you also don't want to spend your money on it, so you're- Yeah, like, but oh, you I'm got a like, bargain. Yeah. Um, so there's like there's a character that I just found that really reminds me of that, and I thought it was really sweet, and it kind of was like, there's a lot of little touches here, where if you've played- those games like you'll feel right at home
0: now was quest for glory where you had your husbando that you thought was really yes. really hot okay i mean you are the husbando. you are that's right that you game. are the husbando. okay you're so, a hunky blonde man so i'm looking at saving this art the world and it's not pixel style would you have preferred that it was
2: more pixely i would have preferred maybe like because so originally it, i think it was more painterly like a 2d game which mm-hmm. it was gonna be more like the originals and then they they changed it as time went on, which also is why the scope increased and why the game was delayed. So now it's 3D art, um, and I don't even know how to describe the art style. Like, sort of cartoony, but not... Yeah, I'm looking... Yeah, that's a good way to describe it.
0: Uh, well, I love watching you talk about this game right now, youtube.com slash what's good games, because she has just been smiling this whole time. Salty Stimer. It just, it Sal- it smiling good. Salty Stimer. No, I
2: love it. It's Your, yeah. your, your excitement is contagious. I'm excited, and I want other people to buy this game because, selfishly, I'm just like, I feel I feel for that development team, and I'm like, <laughs> don't lose your house over this.
0: <laughs> um, is it on PC only? Do you know?
2: Um, I believe it will be for now. It's Steam and GOG, I believe. Okay, cool.
1: Maybe it'll come to Switch as one of their 20 to 30 games. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Not me. <laughs> well... Sorry, i've it's been lot, playing i'm <laughs> um, just kidding uh steimer is there anything else you would like to talk about for hero you
2: not yet because i get i just scratched the surface on this game but i was just so thrilled that it's like finally in my hands and i oh yeah can play it now oh, yeah go forth young andrea
1: tell us what you have been playing so, um, I downloaded a bunch of stuff on my Switch because I was traveling, uh, to and from Chicago for the 4th of July holiday here in, in the United States. And so I wanted to try, uh, a bunch of stuff. So I downloaded Limbo and Inside and Crash Bandicoot. And I ended up playing Zelda. Wouldn't you know it? Um, so here's the thing. Like, I have been wanting to just, like, finally, like, finish off the Divine Beast and go and beat Ganon and just get it done. So I did. I finally did it and I realized that I waited probably too long because when I went in to do the Ganon fight, it was like relatively easy, which um, which is exciting. I, I will admit I cheated a little bit and I looked up a walkthrough guide to be like, is Ganon going to be really hard? Are there specific things? So I didn't have very many guardian arrows because I didn't have enough ancient cores or whatever the shit you need to like craft them from that one dude at the one lab or whatever. Um, so I was like, what do I need to go into this fight? And then I ended up only needing like two or three ancient arrows anyway. Cause I just used the master sword the whole time, but I have to go back and actually find the Hylian shield. Cause I missed that room somewhere. Um, Hylian, Hylian, whatever. So,
0: now wait, because the, the, the fight with Ganon, because I accidentally stumbled across that motherfucker, like, after I'd only defeated one or two Divine Beasts, and then I think the, the fight becomes... You accidentally how you stumble accidentally stumbled across into into the, the castle? Fight? I was exploring Hyrule Castle, which is the best part of Breath of the Wild, fight me, and I was so, like, enthralled with the not, the corridors and, and the rooms, and I'm like, But oh don't my-
2: they pretty much, they're like, this is where Ganon is? I don't... Yeah. I, I mean, maybe... Yes.
1: I don't know. Yes. I was just as someone who just did that fight. It's very obvious where he is. I was very because lost. It's on the map. He's got that big glowy ball I was on the map. Using it's the like map. this is the inner sanctum where I Ganon was, is.
0: I was lost in my immersion and I f- stumbled across him. And I was like, I think this is Ganon. And I'm like, crap. I don't want to fight Ganon yet. But if you defeat all the divine beasts, it cuts out a lot of the steps in the fight, right?
1: Yes, exactly. Okay. So I did do all four Divine Beasts before I, uh, got to the fight. Uh, but it was good. It was fun. I, I really enjoyed my time with that game. But once I defeated, defeated Ganon, I was like, okay, Andrea, put, put Breath of the Wild down. That's last year's game. Uh, this year, um, I, so I, I picked up Crash Bandicoot. So this recently was released for Switch and Activision very graciously provided me a code so that I could check it out. And I got, into like the first two levels and then I rage quit. Like, oh no, seriously, oh, yeah. rage oh, quit. Crash was like, <laughs> this game is stupid. This everything is stupid. I hate this stupid Bandicoot guy. I'm done. Almost threw my switch. So mad. No, don't throw the switch. It's very. No, expensive. I didn't. I didn't. But like, that game is hard, and yep. it was hard back then, and it's hard now. And the thing I kept thinking Pillow. was, why does this game? Why is he jump, why am I jumping over these holes from the back? I can't see. Can you please hold up the fucking pillow? We've
0: been one. Thank (laughs) you. Since he visited, it was hard then. It's hard now. You're jumping over holes from the back. Please, please (laughs) be. Yeah, why
2: are you jumping over holes from the back? I I, I
0: let the hard, I let the hard mention go, but I can't let, thank you. I can't let this one go. Perfect. You're welcome. Um,
1: so I just like, there's these gaps in the, in the, in the, in the track or whatever you have to jump over and you have to get all the boxes and, and I, I can't see the depth of the way that the game is set up. Like I can't see how far I have to jump or when. Yeah. Where the camera is at where I'm supposed to jump. And so I'm like, this game is dumb. So I just rage quit. (laughs) Uh, I'm definitely going to go back to it, but I want to be clear. The, the graphics looked great. The controls handled very well. The game is just hard, right? It's just an old school, hard platforming game. And, um, that's just the style of, of it. And so I gave it a go and I just needed a minute to step away, take a beat, and in that minute I started playing inside. So this of course is from uh Play Dead, And it was released, was it last year or 2016?
2: Uh I think 2016. I don't know. No, Let me double when check. It came out, but I don't remember when that was.
1: Inside release date but June like 29th, 2016. So it wasn't Shit. 2016. Nope, not last year. Um so I never actually finished this game or really played much of it at all when it was released. Yeah, I I heard nothing but amazing things about it, and I just never got around to it. And so when they told me it was uh, coming out on Nintendo Switch, I was like, I would love to give it a go. So I booted up, and oh my gosh, this game is weird and fucked up in so many ways. Dude, did you beat it? No, so I haven't finished the final oh, level yet. It gets um, real
2: fucking weird. Oh, yeah. Man. So it's
1: already getting really, really weird. So if, if you guys oh, have it's never weirder. played, it's uh got this really unique art style. It's side-scrolling, two D. It's platform puzzle game in the very like true sense of a, a side-scrolling, and it, the the theme and the tone of it is really kind of hard to wrap your head around. And you play as this, what I call a child. And John was like, he's not a child. I go, I don't know. The sounds he's making make it sound like he's a young child. How how old did you think this character was? I thought young as well.
0: Yeah. Young.
1: A young human, a.k.a. a child. Yeah, which makes it even more fucked up when, like, really bad stuff happens. So. Throughout each of these levels, you're progressing your way through. And lots of stuff is trying to murder you. Mm-hmm. Like, there's dogs that, like, Literally rip everything. your face off. There's people that shoot you. Yeah. There's these underwater sea creatures that Oh, my God. Face. Those weird... Those swamp right? creatures. They there's, stuck. like, girls with the weird hair that, like, live underwater like yeah. sirens or whatever. like, So, it's, it's, a, it's a creepy game. But, obviously, very well done. I understand why you got all of the accolades that it did. Um but it's been really great to play on the Switch. When I plugged it into the dock to play a little bit on my giant television, didn't look as good as I was hoping it to look on a 4K TV. And I don't know if that's from the port process because I haven't booted it up on my PS4 or my Xbox 1 to see to do a comparative difference. Um and I haven't seen it on PC either, but on the small handheld um screen looks great. Uh, on the big screen, looked just okay. Just just have to throw that out there. But otherwise, the game played great. It's perfect for Switch. This is exactly what we were talking about in the news segment where we were talking about indies on Switch. That This is just like such a great platform to bring games that maybe people like me missed. If you missed it when it came out on Steam or if you missed it when it came out on Xbox or, or PlayStation, uh, Switch is really kind of highlighting some games and giving them like a, a second wind, so to speak. So, really enjoyed my time with Inside, but what I've been really sinking a lot of time into is the division. So, because I have this awesome opportunity to work with Ubisoft for the division two, I was like, you know. I should freshen up because it's been a hot minute since I've picked the division up. I know that they, their team has been really great about making updates and, uh, really kind of making that game almost as like a games of live service, very much like Destiny in the sense that, you know, that we're going to add new stuff and do all these patches along, along the way. So I was like, you know, I should like freshen up a little bit before Comic Con. And man, I'm hooked. Yeah. It hooks you real quick, doesn't it? They they've made some really great improvements since I played last, and it's been re- it's been really fun, and I've been having a really good time um, going through. Now I haven't played much with other people; I've been doing most everything solo. But man, that game is way better when you match make with people. The missions are just easier; it's more fun. So right now, even though I've had um, some great people reach out to me from the community because they saw me playing on PSN, and they were like, "You're playing the division? Let's play." Um I wasn't at a point yet where I, where I was ready but I think I'm re- I'm ready Whoa. now. Good save. Um, almost lost your computer. <laughs> I almost dropped my computer. Um to to play with people but I did some random matchmaking and I had I had some pretty good experiences with the matchmaking system going into some story missions but man that game is still brutally difficult and so many of the enemies are still very bullet spongy in a way that's incredibly frustrating so I, my my new tactic now is just to over level myself doing side content side missions encounters etc and so I make sure I'm at least one or two number levels ahead of the mission or the encounter I'm going into so that way I don't get my ass kicked because there was this (laughs) one side mission where I could not kill This one guy, he had two lieutenants, and then you had to take him out. Took out the two lieutenants, no problem. But man, he was just a bitch. I died like ten times, and I finally was like, fuck this, I'm done with this guy. And I went back to doing other shit. But then I got leveled up and went back, and then I showed him who was boss. You did the thing.
0: So a strategy that Jason and I would use, because that game is hard as hell. Like If you're level whatever, trying to go against uh, someone who's the same level as you, good luck. Um, yeah, I would be the decoy because my aim is shit. So I would like be behind behind like a crid, like boxes, and I'm like, ha ah, shoot me, motherfucker! And they would start shooting me, and then Jason would snipe them from a <laughs> distance because that's the way we had to do it. Because it was like you could now I'm someone who likes to do all the side quests, and no matter how, like I can I have a threshold. If they're kind of petty, they're kind of repetitive. Like uh, that's enough. But Jason's like I can only do so much, and then he burns out on it. And so we didn't really have I didn't have the opportunity to over level and go after you to. Do these uh, missions that were so difficult. So, we found ways to game it. That said, don't encourage it. But that's something that really surprised me about the game is how freaking difficult it was. But it was still very fun. It wasn't, I mean, they were a little bullet spongy, but it was still fun to try. I think it was probably because we were playing together. Fun to strategize and come up with ways to like flank or use your specials or use, you know, like the um, med kits that revive you if you're, if you're down. Those were essential. I, I, I had a really good time with Division. And I think I'm lucky because I hopped in. When it was at a point where it had been tweaked, because I think Steamer, you were saying that you started playing it. And I think you were playing it earlier on when it launched, and it didn't. We, grab played you. At,
2: we played at launch. Yeah, I don't remember it being super hard, but I also I was also not playing alone. Mm. Uh, I don't remember if it was definitely me and Greg, but I don't remember if we had another person as well, like squatting up. But we never had. We never ran into too many problems. I don't. At least I don't remember. Yeah, that being my experience. Um, and yeah, I just kind of like, we just kind of burned out eventually. It was like, all right, mm-hmm. meh, like with s- similar content. I'm going to be wearing a parka that kind of kills it for me. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, and it was funny because I, I know that you've brought up the customization options and I know that the team has clearly added in extensive customization options since launch. And there's a lot more things that you can buy with real world money that you can buy with in game currency, and so I've been really able to pick up an, a, a lot of items just from helping civilians is really where I find my most cosmetic items I get. So they'll be like, here, take this pair of pants or here, take these boots or this parker or whatever. Here's a water bottle. <laughs> give me Thanks, your pants, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, thank you for the soda. I'm going to give you a jacket now. Yeah. Um And I was like, this is not an even exchange, but I will take it. And so it's um, it's been interesting really kind of looking at how they've really expanded customization, and particularly because it is a third person games so you see what your character is wearing i have chosen to not wear a hat because i kind of like the little like mohawk thing that my my character has even though i made her really ugly and i don't know why i did that.
0: i don't even know if it's possible to create an attractive character in the division just straight i don't know either that's possible yeah you might be right there i don't Brett. think it's possible yeah. but that's um, why i'm looking forward to two that's why i put my girl in a beanie and sunglasses yeah, but now me playing this makes chicks. me really
1: sad that I didn't get to play the Division 2 at E3. So, like, Steimer, like, give me a little bit of a recap about what was really exciting about your playthrough from E3 when you got your hands on with the Division 2. It
2: looked crisp. Ooh, that, was oh, like I the, that. that was the word that, like, came to mind as I was wa- looking at this game. I was like, this looks crisp as fuck, like, beautiful. In that, like, so many little details throughout the world. I feel like you can see, like the branches of the trees really well or whatever. Granted, I don't remember what it was running on. If they were playing brand- it in 4K, I remember,
1: because every time Ubisoft has demoed their new games, they're always demoing them in 4K. Right, but could, I don't
0: remember what it was running on. You could oh, also... Probably PCs, right? Run in the grass, and the grass would
2: fold, and you could like trace they- your name out. I was like, damn, that's sexy. It's so beautiful. Yeah. But then also the shooting was just as fun as I remember, because I never had a problem with the mechanics of the Division. It was just more of like, I need more of a variety of things to look at and then more of a variety of things to do and i think that the new area is really going to provide that cuz i love like that it's like jungly but then not jungly cuz it's washington dc and so like you see the buildings and i don't know just the way there's something about the art style that just is really visually appealing and you kind of look at it and are like i want to be there even though i know that this is a shitty situation <laughs> like <laughs> Nothing good happens here, but I want to go to there, and I want to be in it. And we played through this one demo section twice, I believe, they give you. Like, the first is just, like, refresher, remember how this game plays and controls, and then you go through the level again, and you go through it way faster, because you're like, ah, now I'm really good at this game again. Um, and I played as the class with the heavy crossbow. Britt, what did you play as? I had the drone. No, no, no that's not the class. I don't
0: know because I think no, no. no. So in order to use the weapon, you have to collect the ammo for it, right? Your special mm-hmm, weapon. Yes. And There's I heavy,
2: heavy ammo.
0: Maybe it was a sniper. I don't remember. All I know. No, oh, it was the one that requires precision. Because I was like, oh, this is just perfect for me. Because I, I don't do
2: precision. I think it could have been. A, yeah, yeah it. it could
0: have been the hunter. I don't know whatever one it was. Um, but well, I, it would not
2: have been the crossbow? The crossbow is more of like a. A bomb firing off. Like you shoot the arrow and it's an it's explosive tip. Explosive arrow. tip crossbow, right? Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah. Uh, cause then the cause like some of the guys in the demo are the really big armored ones. But a couple of bombs, man. That armor blows right off. Yeah. I'm so excited for that game. I'm super excited. I am I was just playing it and I'm like, I can't wait to just run around this with uh with Brit and Andrea because I think it's going to be so much fun and Now that it's summer, you have even more customization options in terms of like outfits. And I can make my character, hopefully, look really cool. (laughs) And this will make me very happy inside. And bunnies and snowflakes and all that fun stuff. Yeah, and And after seeing just
1: how impressed I was with the customization options in Assassin's Creed Origins, I really am looking forward to what they're going to bring into the Division 2. But I've been really enjoying my time. Um, just you know, kind of making my way through. I still am very hesitant on the Dark Zone PVP. Mm. Is just it's it's such a it's such a weird style of PVP. And I know that there's like a lot of like trophies and achievements and other benchmarks in the games that are associated with doing stuff in the Dark Zone. And I'm kind of like, I don't want to go in there, even though I know that there's some good gear to be found in the Dark Zone. I just The idea of like having to be like become like a rogue agent and like kill other agents. I'm just like, "Eh." I just want to kill the bad guys. Mm -hmm. I don't want to kill Mm -hmm. other
2: people. Well, other people are the bad guys in this game. But yes, I know what you mean.
1: I know. But like your friends that go in with you, your friends air quotes can turn on
2: you and kill you. Yeah, that's when you that's when you know you shouldn't be friends with that person anymore. There you go. Friendship ender. Wow. No, legit. If someone did that to me and they thought it was funny and they did it repeatedly, I'd be like, you know what? I don't think we can be friends anymore. That's fair.
1: Deleted from the friends list. Beleted. Only (laughs) Homestar Runner fans will get that joke. Another Homestar Runner reference. Two weeks in a row. It's uh,
2: it's a problem <laughs> it's not a problem
1: it's a, it's, a, it's an okay thing to have but yeah so that's what i've been uh that's what i've been playing uh mostly but i'm looking forward to playing um several other things that are in my to-do list and so i've got has? uh well i've got the uh, this indie game called the lion song which i really want to check Ooh, out. oh yeah i want to play that pretty. too i don't know what um, it is but i like the name yeah, so I have a code for that on Switch that I really want to check out. Mm-hmm. And then um, I also haven't checked out Vampire. Vampire, Vampire. Did we decide on Vampire? what we're calling that? You're going to get yelled at either way. So just call Good it whatever story. sounds right. Uh, which oh, Brit is playing it. more of. Did you finish it, Brit? Or are you still making your way through? Uh, no, I'm
0: about halfway through. I'd say I'm halfway through the chapters. I would say... You know, I, I'm compelled by it because of the gothic setting, the music. It's so different than anything I've seen before. Um, the characters are really well thought out. You know, there's this whole mechanic of who do you kill, who do you save. I'm trying not to kill anyone. Um, if you do kill people, you get a lot more XP. And but what? Yeah, the- but aren't
1: you a vampire? Aren't you supposed to kill people?
0: You are. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Um, but I've been in situations where I can kill people. And when I say kill people, I mean eat civilians, murder civilians, um, people who you have conversations with, not the random bad guys you find across down the street. Even though you don't kill them, you bite them and smack them with weapons or shoot them, whatever your heart desires. Uh, And so what's interesting about this game is, you know, there are repercussions for your actions. So you have different districts and people come down with cold, bronchitis, fatigue, headaches, migraines and you were a doctor in your former life and then you got turned into a vampire now you can create cures to help these people and you go around and you give them cures for whatever it is they have and then at the end in order to progress the districts and to level up you have to sleep at night and it's kind of like final fantasy 15 vampires don't sleep not uh, i don't know if it's called sleeping or resting or whatever it is vampires during do. the day right they rest in their coffins well yeah you, essentially right and then they can't go out during the day and so it's kind of like Final Fantasy XV in the sense that you build up all this XP, but you can only cash it out when you camp at night or when you sleep in a hotel. So you accrue all this XP, and then at some point you have to be like, okay, I need to cash this in and upgrade whatever it is you want to upgrade. And then at that point, the repercussions of your actions take place. If you healed people, district statuses will stabilize if you eat people or if you don't heal people they will go down into chaos. Now I'm not sure exactly what happens when things go down into chaos cuz I'm trying not to do that. I'm trying to let everyone live their best life and have a good happy time and remain uh, disease free. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's it, it's a very interesting story and I find the characters intriguing and very well thought out and the, the, what I would say if you're going if you want to go into this game and you've been playing a lot of AAA titles lately just expect this isn't the most polished experience. It's not awful. The game's only crashed on me, maybe, maybe twice in the course of like 15 hours. And, but it has such a wonderful autosave system that you're not going to lose a lot of stuff if it does crash. Um, you know, but like the lip syncing is off. The character animations aren't that great. Sometimes, you know, the character when they move, it kind of like glitches out a bit. Not awful stuff. But, you know, something you would expect from not a AAA developer. And, you know, I think Dontnod has done a really good job at expanding from what we know them from Life is Strange to Vampire. I think it's a great first step. Very interesting. And I would recommend it at this point. Um, it's fun. It's, it's interesting and it's a new experience. And I think that should be supported and celebrated in games. That's my spiel.
1: Cool. No, I think it sounds good. I mean, obviously, uh, I love Life is Strange from Don't Nod, so I imagine they're doing great narrative work in their other franchises as well. So uh, this is one of those games that I definitely want to check out that's been on the back burner, too. I just, like, my pile of shame is just growing. I want to try Arena of Valor on Switch, Mm. and I want to play more Rainbow Six, and I keep saying I'm going to play Fortnite. There's too much stuff to play, guys. There is. It's been too hot to play anything. That's true. Stime, you want to talk about West of Loathing? Yes. Oh. Well,
2: I, yeah, so because of young Brittany. Young Brittany. <laughs> um, I downloaded this game on my Switch because it's too fucking hot here to play anything other than my Switch uh, because those suckers kick out a good amount of heat. Um, those suckers being the PlayStation and the Xbox. In case Consoles. you didn't know. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I just jo- dove into this because I was like, I think this seems like a, like a fun game up my alley and I'm loving it. Yay! I think it's hilarious. And I also really like, I have the, um, what is it called? The weird walking thing? Like, oh yeah, the weird, strange walking or whatever it's called. Strange yeah. walk. I can't remember what it's called, but if you read a certain book or something at the beginning of the game, it'll toggle this weird walk. So like you're not, you don't, Walk like sometimes you're just dragging on the ground like your character. Sometimes is a you're somersaulting. By the way,
0: sometimes you're sometimes walking you're somersaulting. Your
2: sometimes you're doing like a weird crab walk. Sometimes, uh yeah, it's just like it changes within every frame of the game. Like when you, uh, when in this, what do you call it, Brittany? You know what I'm talking yeah. about. Whenever the screen scrolls to the next frame, then it your walk changes, Um and it's just. The and no, game no one awareness. says anything
0: about it. You're just crab walking no. on the floor, and on the ground, and no one even acknowledges it. And you're just it. talking to these
2: people, and they're like, oh, I've got this problem. And you're like, well, let me solve that for you as I'm on the ground. Crab walking away. You. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm liking it. I like the, you know, you have little quests, you go on, the, the fighting is turn-based, so if you don't like that, then you might not enjoy this. But um, the humor is definitely Top-notch, clutch. right? I like it. Super yeah. self-aware. I love that game. It's very simple. I, and I love the art. I just love that it's stick figures. Yeah. I don't know why. There's something very appealing about that. Because it fits with the tone of the game. So perfect. It's, it does. It's good. I just um, I just started that as well. And I can't wait to buy a derpy horse because those horses are fucking hilarious oh looking. God. They're so good. I need mine Bob. That's my dad's name. <laughs> well,
1: there's that. <laughs> don't let's let's just move on from that immediately we're yep. not gonna read anything into that whatsoever um <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen that's gonna wrap our hands-on impressions up for this week when we come back after our break that's right it's the awesome adventures of captain spirit spoiler cast hopefully you guys have played and you are ready to hear us talk about the game uh we will do so in just a few minutes we'll be right back everybody? It's the final segment of the What's Good Games podcast, and this week, as anticipated and promised, we're talking about Don't Nod's Life is Strange, The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. So this was a free game that was announced at E3. I got the privilege of working with the Don't Nod team and uh, Michelle over there and talking to him at the E3 Coliseum. Uh, very excited about that. If you guys want to check out that archive interview, of course, facebooke 3 expo facebook.com slash e3 expo that's the website (laughs) um but we also um were excited that this game was free so hopefully all of you out there listening got a chance to play it because you didn't have to pay for it and it makes sense now why this game was free. So back when they announced it, they were talking about the reason why this game was free was because they wanted it to be an introduction for people who had never played life is strange and who were interested in the life of strange universe. And that they also wanted people to be able to play it multiple times and kind of get as many different possible outcomes as possible. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, so <laughs> I appreciate that you stepped right in there, Brit. Um, but I was not prepared for how abrupt the ending could be if you triggered that one cutscene. So yep, that let's was go me. ahead and just start from the beginning. Now, normally when we've done the Life is Strange spoiler cast before, we've gone through major choices, but because of how this game is set up, those, there aren't really like major choices that affect the outcome in any way. Would mm-hmm. you agree with that statement? Yeah. Yes. I would agree with that, yes, okay, great, So it opens up um you're playing a kid Chris named Erickson. Chris who is nine years old, going on ten, and he is in a house with his dad, Charles, yes, pretty sure, yes, it's and Charles. we are kind of like the story unfolds, we start to learn some details about who Chris is, who Charles is. And where Chris's mom is. And at first I was like, really? Don't not? We're doing another dead parent thing? Like, why do we have to have the saddest of sad times in the Life is Strange storylines? Why do parents need to be dead? So I was kind of bummed about that. But the way that she died also is interesting. So where do we want to begin here? I feel like I'm not the right person to lead this because my ADD will just take us all over the place.
2: What? You're the best at explaining things. Oh, thanks, (laughs) Steiner. I appreciate that. I always feel like whenever I'm trying to explain something, I'm just rambling like an idiot. So. No. Okay, go.
0: I'll I'll try it out. you and I can do this together. I believe in us. Okay. So, yeah, you play as nine-year-old Chris, and he is dealing with the loss of his mother, Emily, who was killed in a, was it a hit-and-run accident? Hit and run accident, and the game plays like Life is Strange as in the sense that you get to wander around, you get to look at things, interact with them, and after the initial scene where you're called to have breakfast with your father, at least this is how my playthrough went through, it went, Simon, it sounds like yours just completely ended very quickly, you find a list of things that Captain Spirit needs to do, um, or can do, for example. So, you can hack your dad's cell phone. You can de- defeat... Um, God, what's the snowman's name outside? Um, yeah, Snowmancer. Like Snowmancer. You want to do... De- Snowmancer. Yeah, you want to defeat Mantroid. You want to defeat the water eater, a.k.a. the water heater, which is super cute. And you, as you're discovering and looking around your your house and your backyard and whatnot, you're learning more of how Chris is coping with the loss of this parent. And then it all kind of falls into place. At least that's how mine went.
2: Samura, I'm very curious to know how the hell did you trigger the
0: ending so quickly?
2: <laughs> well, it wasn't it wasn't quick. Oh. It was um it was just that I managed to not get anything done and I was really frustrated because as as an adventure game player, I look at everything, right. I go through everything, I pick up everything I can and I felt like I was like, Is my did the I was just very perplexed because I was going around and I would find things like so you can um one of the things you can do is like build your costume right as Captain Spirit. So I found all the things to build the costume, and then couldn't figure out how to actually do that. Like I would like it would be like, yeah, that would be great for armor. I'm like, cool, pick it up, like take it with or what do we? And it would just lay there, and it, there would be no option for me to do anything else with it. So I was like, okay, huh. that's weird. Like so, I would like to so like, button. Did you guys have didn't
1: trigger or something? What? Like because so for the armor, for example. Um, in the closet is, is when you go into your dad's bedroom, in mm-hmm. the closet is his sport bag and you're like, this would make great armor. And then there's like a button prompt for it. And then you put the, then you put it on.
2: So I did a heavy armor one. So that didn't work for me. It was these, uh, I did the same boxes one you did. in boxes in the truck. That would be the good armor, uh, for, for this particular model. Cause you draw, <laughs> you have no know what I'm talking about, you draw your own, you kind of create your own armor set for Captain Spirit. Um, so I chose the heavier armor, which meant that the cardboard boxes in Dad's truck would be what would make good armor for me. I saw these, I identified them, and then could no longer interact with this thing. Hmm. Huh. He would just repeat the line, and I was like, this doesn't seem right. Have
0: you triggered the water eater thing yet?
2: Yes. Okay. Well, in the sense that, like, I went to that door and it was like, oh, I can't go in there without my arm or without my cape. And I was like, cool, let's go get the cape. You won't put on the cape. Okay. And then I was like, well, maybe I just need to find all, like, find bits of this costume. But then every time I found a bit of the costume, I couldn't do anything with it. So I was really confused. I don't know if... I'm hoping that was just my game glitching. I don't know. And I so... Cause you were able to build armor, Brittany.
0: Yeah, I was able to do all the things I need to do. Now, granted, I played this like two and a half weeks ago, so my memory is a little rusty. Uh, but I didn't have any issue building my shit.
1: Yeah, I yeah, was I able think- to put all of the armor on too. I went for the I went for mask and light armor. And so for me, I had to go pick the makeup, the Halloween makeup, out of the bathroom and drew the mask on and put the cape on in the bedroom. And then I went out to the garage. Um well I found the the sport tape in the bedroom and then I went out to the garage to paint the armor to grab the spray paint uh mm-hmm. not the garage sorry like the shed in the backyard yeah. or whatever Yeah no,
2: that is a yeah, yeah the garage
1: Yeah I was able to put all everything together maybe it was yeah maybe it was know. some kind some of a glitch are. It must That's have been weird.
2: bugged and so then I because I'd never obviously played this before I didn't know it was bugged I was like maybe this is like a Maybe this is just a part of it. I don't know. You know, like, you you don't know when, you, when nobody else has played this game either. Right. Um, so I just continued through, and I was like, maybe at some point something will trigger, and, like, then I'll be able to go put all the things I found on. Huh. Um, so I didn't get to do... I found so much stuff and just couldn't get to interact with any of it because I could never put the armor on, therefore I couldn't fight any of the things oh yeah you wouldn't probably be able to do any of the fights without the armor i did literally nothing in this game because i was so confused by by that Why and I didn't took-
1: you, oh i feel bad I, I wish you would have like texted us and let us know or maybe you could well, have you tried it on a different played. platform you could have booted it up on
2: on like uh like the, the other console or whatever neither of you had played at this point i was the first one to beat it Beat it. Beat it. <laughs> um and then <laughs> um and then by the time I just kinda like was moving on to other things, so I hadn't really considered. And I thought maybe it was like part of it. I don't know. I, I just was confused. I didn't know. Um and so that's why I and I never figured out the phone password. Which, if we want to move into the dear chavut, oh yeah, really a...
1: oh yeah. So the Brit, I don't know. Do you want to read that question?
0: Yeah, I was just looking up heavy armor stuff uh, to see if other other people were it says, to create the heavy armor for Captain Spirit, you'll need the, the beer box cardboard strewn in the back of your dad's truck. You won't need the car key to get it, so if you haven't found that, don't worry. So maybe it was I had just, the car key. Yeah, maybe it was. Did you find the paint? So, yep. Oh, I don't know. That's strange.
2: Okay, it was very strange. Yeah. I, I'm thinking it my game just bugged and I didn't know that it had bugged, sure. and so I sure. was just confused. All right. Uh This dear
0: WGG, whatsgoodgames.com/slash dear WGG from Katie. Question for the Captain Spirit Spoiler Cast: Did anyone else have the worst time figuring out the phone unlock code? I spent half an hour trying every permutation, permutation, Thank you. permutation of the important dates and times, and my engineer father happened to walk in and he got in. I'm trying to figure out all possible combinations. I eventually had to look it up online and then felt cheated that it was just hot dog, especially since the in-game phone didn't have letters on it to even hint that that was an alphanumeric code. Anyone else find this really obscure? Or maybe I was just thinking too complicated. Too much Nancy Drew as a kid. Yeah, that sucks. No, I also never figured that out.
1: No, I had to look it up. I literally Googled it because I was like, I tried, I tried, I went back to the locker in the, in the shed and like wrote down all of the possible dates. Never once did I think of an alphanumeric because there's no, there's no like letters on the keys. So I just assumed it was going to be a number that was just a number that it wasn't like a word like. As a number, so I was like, "This seems super obscure," and I just am very proud of the people who figured it out on their own. No but way. I was like, "This is I, I got, got mad. mad. I was it like, this is dumb. This is a bad puzzle."
0: <laughs> it, yeah, it was yeah. definitely, especially since none of the other puzzles were anywhere near as complicated as this. As this, especially since it was one of the I don't know. If you don't have to call it a requirement, born one of the tasks Captain Spirit was, you know, presented to do is to play hack his dad's phone. And I was like, "What? Well, how do I? I never ever would have gotten that in a million years." So no, Katie, nope. you are not alone. Um, and so, so the whole point of this entire like little gameplay session is that your dad promised to go get you a freaking Christmas tree. He's like, let's go, and you know Chris is like, Dad, let's go get a Christmas tree. And his dad's like, okay, uh, I'm just gonna watch the basketball game and bring this bottle of whiskey over with me to the basketball game, and I will go with you after, and we'll get a Christmas tree. It'll be great. And it's like, okay, you see where that story is going. Um, mm-hmm. so I did all of the, cause I had a feeling as soon as I tried to like wake my dad up or talk to him if before completing my tasks, that it would kind of usher me to the end of the game. So I did complete all of them. I know, Summer, you obviously didn't.
2: Well, I did it And then I thought, so because again, I was confused. I didn't know what was going yeah. on. I was like, maybe I have to talk to him and then... It will let me do the thing. Mm-hmm. But instead, then the game ended, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, okay, so how did the game, I'm wondering,
0: was your ending, like, what What happened?
2: Uh He woke up, and he got mad, and that's, I don't even, it's, did he, this was also a while okay, ago. So
0: did he get mad, did he trip and fall, and then did your yes. neighbor
2: come to the door?
0: Yes. Okay, and then you ran to your treehouse. Yes. And then you were saved. And then I
2: levitated. Okay.
0: So the same, it sounds like it was the same ending as someone who did all of the things.
2: Yeah. I don't think that impacted it whatsoever. I think the idea is just more to build the, build your attachment to this kid and this character, right. um, before getting to that point, uh, which I just unfortunately could, didn't get to do, which is fine. It That's happens. a
1: bummer. You should go back and play it on a different platform. Try it on well, like Well no, a- here's
2: actually as I was talking I remember what it may have been. So I again we were we were given early access codes, even though even though this game is free. Um I think that may have been what the issue was because I played it before it was out. Mm. So I'm wondering if by playing through an early access thing it messed it up. Maybe did you both did you both play after? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that I'll, I should go back and see now if if I play it again, if it's, like, different.
0: Yeah. So, this game is a prequel to Life is Strange 2. hmm And it has been said that... Here's a quote here from... I'm going to miss... I'm going to butcher your name. Raoul Barbet. Barbet. Bar... Um, one of you. He says, it's, <laughs> it's hiding many secrets and even some links to the brand new story and characters of Life is Strange 2. And that your decisions will carry over. Now, what those decisions are, I imagine, are when you're talking to your neighbor woman... And you tell her like, oh, my dad's drunk and he fell over. And she's like, well, I'm gonna come by later with my husband or whatever and check on you. Yeah. that's my that's my assumption with that. And then did I'll- you?
2: Oh, I was gonna say, I think that might be the only major choice. Like, could did, Andrea? Did you like shoo her away, or did she insist on coming back later? The neighbor, the nosy neighbor.
1: She, I didn't shoo her away. I kind of was like, oh, um, everything's fine, but I didn't like. I didn't like dissuade her enough. And then my dad got really mad at me and was like, you could have, you could have told her to go away. and You didn't like, what the fuck? Why you? And I'm just like, you're drunk and mean and I don't like you. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. It's like, it's hard because it's very clear that Charles is going through a really tough time. The sudden loss of a loved one is, is tragic and sad and terrible. And grief is a really nasty thing. and, a lot of people turn to drugs and alcohol in times of great sorrow. And so I think his story is really real. And, you know, don't nod and and deck nine who have both worked on the life is strange games have done a really great job of really tackling some really tough subject matter and the awesome adventures of captain spirit, even though it was designed to be more lighthearted and to have some levity, whereas the life is strange universe has tended to go pretty dark in some cases. Still really grappled with these really serious things. And so it was, it was, it was tough because you wanted to really jump into the shoes of Captain Spirit and really like believe in Chris's imagination and that kind of whimsical feeling of being that age and being young and really believing you can do whatever. But it just kept coming back to these really dark themes about alcoholism and And abuse and grief and everything that, you know, those two are processing and going through. And clearly, you know, the grandparents are trying to be part Mm -hmm. of Chris's life and trying to help out Charles – And to work through, you know, the death of his wife and to work through the death of Chris's mother and say like, you know, obviously it wasn't fair, you know, hit and run. And then if you dig into some of the files in the garage, like looking into the police reports and how the police clearly didn't catch the person who murdered her and that this person kind of is still at large and him being really upset with the police department and like rightly so, like I would be pissed if... Someone I loved and cared about was, you know, senselessly murdered and the police didn't catch the person who did it. Like that would be horrifying. It would haunt you forever, forever. And it's, it's a really, it's like a lot to wrestle with in a really short amount of time. Like, they really like packed in quite a bit there and it's setting up what's going to happen in Life is Strange in an interesting way because they didn't, Don't Not do not it has not come out right and said that Chris is going to be the protagonist. Of Life is Strange 2. You know, we saw a little bit of a teaser trailer that they, they put out. And obviously with the first episode going live, I believe it's September. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to find out more about it sooner than later. Um, It'll be interesting to see how they're going to uh, tie in what's happened here with with the upcoming season. But obviously they're bringing back the supernatural, as, as Steimer mentioned, the levitation moment. It actually took me, I had to go back and watch that scene a couple of times for me to, for it to click to me that, oh, that's his actual power? Because so much of this episode is set in Chris's imagination. I didn't know, like, is this him imagining that he's floating? Is he actually floating? And it appears that it's implied that this is his power, that he has some kind of telekinesis or something. Now, see,
2: i Well, let me tell you, as someone who didn't get any of those imagination <laughs> bits, I was not confused whatsoever. I was like... This dude's levitating, and that's fucking weird. Now,
0: see, I think, I don't think it's it's Chris that has the powers. I think, you know, so his mom died three years ago, which is super tragic. Obviously, he and his father are still struggling with this loss, and I think it's a very tragic story. But I think where the powers come in are from the neighbor boys that are next door. Because if you look, he's, he climbs up the, he starts climbing up the, uh, treehouse whatever the fuck it's called and he Mm -hmm. starts falling he levitates and then he turns around and then two of those neighbor boys are right there it just happened to be there and they kind of give him like a cute sheepish wave with a smile on their face so do you think that they were like saved him i think they might yeah that's smashed on the ground i think they saved him and i think chris will play a role in life is strange too in fact i mean that's been confirmed that he will But says that, (laughs) yeah, right, right. So I think um, he's just going to be more of a story element. But the boys who have the power are the ones that we see at the very end of that trailer. Oh, that's an interesting theory. Yeah.
1: Well, I believe that there was something revealed because people dug into the code. Ooh. um, Of this uh, hackers of the game. Let me look it up here. The data mine. Yes posted to the Life is Strange subreddit offers several hints as to who you'll play. From what we can tell, Max Caulfield's role as a main character will be fulfilled by someone who could be called Sean, who is mentioned several times in the data files. His partner in crime fulfilling the role of Chloe will likely be played by his younger brother, Daniel. Mm. So, right, the two kids next door. The character's surnames might be Diaz, although this is less easy to determine. Sean and Daniel, whose names have been not been confirmed by W. Don't nod seem to be the two boys who appear in the final cutscene of the awesome adventures of captain spirit in the final moments of the game. The protagonist Chris turns to see the two boys waving to him from the neighbor's garden.
2: So yeah, considering that they, I guess that makes a lot of sense. Cause they're, they're not shocked to see a someone uh, levitating. Exactly. And, and it, if that were Chris being like powers are activating, then they would be like, <laughs> what the fuck? If right, you would be meeting. like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> it would be. Yeah, it would be a much different reaction than just like waving hello to someone who's hovering a few feet off of the ground. Mm-hmm. And this
0: game, there are some fun Easter eggs that I found. I did not discover these on my own, but I mean, you do if you read the files. So there's a letter that reveals that Emily, Chris's mom, went to Blackwell, which is obviously the mm-hmm. school from the first Life is Strange. That's where Max goes. Yep. And there's a book of Mark Jefferson's photos. all mm. on the shelf in the living room. Obviously, Hot Dog Man makes an appearance. Um,
1: so those were the main ones so it's all kind of um, tied in can we talk about that game for a second how fucking difficult was the hot dog man game I noped right out of that. I played it for a little while and I was like I was like oh I gotta beat the high score obviously I think the highest I got was like 54 or something like that that game I was like I was having flashbacks to Flappy Bird and I was like <laughs> nope <laughs> I'm done
0: Yep, I, I noped right out of that I was like I don't care enough Sorry, I don't care not to do this good.
1: I'm playing a game, a relaxing game. Squeezing well, very game. In the mustard. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Sorry, just, did you play I it? it? No. Interesting. Sorry, go ahead. What? Did you play the game or no, the mini game? No. Again, I did nothing in this fucking game. I felt really bad. Um, But it's interesting because before, I didn't know, you know, a whole hell of a lot going into this. I just knew that they had announced that it was a thing. Pre- pre-looting? Is that the right word? Maybe not. Yeah. Anyway. No, ask us to do words. uh, Actual life is strange. And as you were talking, Andrea, and talking about the dad and, like, how he's coping with grief, I'm like, no, actually, that makes Captain Spirit to me so much sadder. Yeah. Like, that the actual character that you create as Chris, because he very, like, this is him dealing with his grief in this way and also dealing with his dad and the way that his dad is being. And, like, I have to be the hero because dad's falling apart and I'm only nine years old and, and it's been so, three
0: years. I mean, not that yeah. you know, you,
2: grief takes time. But if
0: this is the life that he's been living for three years, and this is how he's coping. I mean, even the evil boss man, Mantroid. It's um is that freak.
1: listed somewhere? I thought it was less time.
0: Uh, it says. It, I think the 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 newspaper was in 2014, and I think the game takes place in 2017. Oh, That's, I have that for my notes. But even the the boss man that Chris is going after, Mantroid, the, that. That name comes from the crossroads where his mom was killed and put together. So, right? So, he's like, I gotta defeat the evil man, Troid, And it's like, that just
2: fucking broke my heart, man. That's so sad. Yeah. And it, But it is interesting, because it's very true, like, how children yeah. cope with problems is usually through play right. in some way and, like, needing to process. Um, so, it's interesting that, you know, if you looked at it at face value, you'd be like, oh, like, a kid being a superhero, how, like, cute, right? Right. And don't nod's like Maha
1: Yeah. There's well, a lot I mean, more was, depth here than you would think. Well, it's what's crazy about the the length of time, and obviously grief is handled differently by everybody, you know, right. we we've already said that, is that he's referring to his mom in almost every other line of dialogue. And I feel like it's a really unhealthy way to process grief, to be constantly referring back to the person who's missing from your life. Well, mom would have done it this way or mom made breakfast this way. Mom did this for my costume. Mom Mm -hmm. did this. Mom did this. Mom did this. It's its no wonder that his dad is having a hard time moving on and really struggling to process and put the grief away. If they both, you know, Chris included are constantly bringing up, you know, the, the loss of this person in their life. Uh, I'm obviously not a grief counselor. I am not a professional. I don't know what the proper way, if there is a proper way to do this, but as somebody who's had to deal with friends and family members who have gone through this type of grief before, um, you know, it's always been, they've always had an easier time working through that kind of grief by not constantly bringing that person up into every single
2: conversation that we've had. And it's it was just an interesting the, choice. I think part of it, I mean, granted it's like a chicken and egg problem, but like if you, the only parent you have is falling apart, I think for the for the kid anyway, like that's going to be a natural thing of like, man, I I missed the time when there was more stability in my life. Mother mom clearly brought stability. Um and so now that she's gone, like, I don't know. I can see from the kid's perspective, kids don't know any better. <laughs> right. They're just like, I, I feel a thing, right? Like that's what, that's what I kind of do appreciate about children. Even though I know I like to harp on them a lot and they're annoying as shit. Sometimes, um, they're very honest for the most part, unless they think they're going to get in trouble and then they lie their little asses off. That's yeah, true. But you know, it's like, it's, it's just emo. They're just the raw, pure emotion right. at that moment. Cause they don't have a lot of the filters that you <laughs> gain as you get older.
0: So I think what we've learned is Life is Strange too, is going to be another emotional roller coaster. It's going oh, to- dude. This is, yeah. <laughs> There's me no yes. warm and fuzzies. Uh-huh.
2: No. no. No warm and fuzzies here. Get your warm fuzzies somewhere else. Have your interesting <sighs> grief discussions here. They're all about grief too, which is interesting. Yeah.
0: Man, between this and Detroit become human and, you know, vampire, I'm just like, Damn, dude. Your brain's getting some extra I need, shots. I'd see more like some more Nino Kuni 2 in my life. Where's that story DLC? I need some more Play Hero you. I might. Be a rogue. I think you kind of sold
1: me on it. it. Sounds real good. Yeah. Yeah. A disbarred bard. Yeah, if you need a break from playing Resident Evil 2 for the what 17th time. Hey, hey. <laughs> Six hours to do Leon A. There's an arrange mode,
0: infinite rocket launcher ammo. Go, go, go. Let's go. You can do. Are it. you speedrunning
2: Resident Evil? No.
0: Oh, but it took me six hours. But I, I, I'm showing Jason the game for the first time. He's being a real trooper. Oh. He's being real good. Thank you, babe. Uh, and I'm like, this is this is the room where this is going to happen. And during the Resident Evil 2 demo, at wait, 3, you're doing this, this is before?
2: What? You're telling him what's going to happen before he gets to the room?
0: Oh, yeah. He doesn't care gives no shits oh. he doesn't care about this no, game i'd be annoyed i'd be like don't no. that's like telling me what's
2: gonna no, happen no, no. before I
0: watch he watch the scene of a movie he's just being a good husband he gives no shits about this game whatsoever Uh okay it's like show sure. and tell for me is basically what it is yeah that's perfect so good.
2: So
1: good. uh ladies is there anything else that you want to discuss in relationship to the spoiler cast for the awesome adventures of captain spirit any guesses or hypotheses about where life is strange 2 is going I other sh- than the two neighbor boys
0: are you sure what? you don't want
2: me to keep talking about Resident <laughs> Evil 2, Andrea Renee?
1: <laughs> I'm sure.
2: <laughs> I'm just curious as to, like, I'm very curious to see what, like, more information on this. Because if it is the Neighbor Boys, we don't really know anything about them or their story. Um, so, like, maybe this isn't a story of grief, right? Like, maybe this is some other type that we don't even know yet. Um, maybe it was, a, it was a red herring the
0: whole time. <laughs> I think those are the neighbor boys of the nice lady who comes in and checks on you. I don't know if Mrs. they're... Mrs. Reynolds? Or, oh, sorry, what? Mrs. Reynolds? Yeah, that's her name. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think maybe they're grandkids. Seemed,
2: grandkids. Perhaps. Yeah, she seemed older. And she was like, I was going for a walk. and walked by her house. I think the neighbors are different. But maybe I'm wrong. They could it's be.
0: Been, I mean, I'm just thinking, like, you know, maybe they're her grandkids. There's only one neighbor alluded. And if you look on your sheet of paper of uh, the people you can call, the only neighbor is the Reynolds. But... Oh, really? Yeah. Um... I'm pretty sure about that because I remember I tried calling the pizza person. There's the neighbor, and then there, there may have been another person that you can call. Did you call? Yeah, the pizza I didn't person? call. I didn't call anybody. I tried calling Did everyone. Call- but no one answered my damn phone call. The pizza place didn't answer. No, they were closed or some bullshit like that. I don't know. <laughs> That's bullshit. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I. I don't know. Obviously, I think it's the neighbor boys that have like this power, and maybe. You know, they're like, hey, we're going to use this for good, obviously, cause we're going to help you from falling and dying, but then some shit's going to happen. The world's going to be destroyed by another storm and Max Caulfield will walk through the ashes ashes, and be like, I am back. It's like a phoenix.
2: Yes, yeah, <laughs> a phoenix. walks through. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Also really cute, uh, Easter egg and vampire. There's Caulfi- Caulfield books and other trinkets or something is what it's a building. Oh
2: it's really? really? That's yeah,
0: cool. It's cute.
1: I like that when developers cross over their games into other games. That's cute. Um... All right. Well, we definitely look forward to seeing more. Uh, if you guys are listening to this conversation or going, oh, my gosh, you missed this thing. Uh, please let us know. We have our awesome Facebook page, facebook.com slash what's good games. You could reach out to us on. You can uh, find us on Twitter at what's good underscore games. Of course, we've got the awesome what's good games fan page on uh, Facebook as well. And um, yeah, just let us know. Uh, leave a comment on this video at youtube.com slash what's good games or on our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash what's good games. And don't forget at the very top of the show, I mentioned that this episode is brought to you by the What's Good Games merch store, teespring.com slash stores slash what's good games. All of these amazing apps, or excuse me, these websites that I just listed off are in the show notes. So if you're listening to this on a podcast, just tap that information button in whatever podcast app you're listening in, or hit the about section in the YouTube video, and you can check out all of these things, we listed them up there handy dandy for you so you don't have to write them down or remember them because you're probably driving or maybe you're out jogging or maybe you're sitting at your desk at work. Who knows? But we Subscribe. try to make life convenient for you. Subscribe to our podcast, to please. Just hit that little button. Yeah. We'd appreciate it. Moves up in the charts. Thanks. Yeah, we're just slowly trying to climb our way above every other video game podcast out there.
2: Yeah. Except the problem is they lump Critical Role in with that and Critical Role ain't going anywhere.
1: Well, really, Car Talk (laughs) is the the demon here.
2: Games and Hobbies
1: is a giant umbrella of a category. Thank you, iTunes. And that Car Talk is hanging on to that number one spot for every inch of its life. But we did beat That's them true. when we launched, which was nice. Hell yeah, we did. <laughs> that is, yeah, that was nice. <laughs> Eat that, car talk. <laughs> All right. As I mentioned, don't forget, if you missed at the top of the show, I'm doing lots of cool stuff at Comic-Con. We'll be listing that out. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week. Um, if you guys want to contribute to the show, you can write in your questions. We have a Dear WGG tier on Patreon, which is pretty fun. And uh, we'll be talking about some more video games. Hopefully some cool news will happen. I have a feeling that Fortnite news is going to happen because, man, they are just in the news every single week. I'll say another, another week party. about more things.
2: Another week about Fortnite, really? You know what? I really appreciate the shit that they do. Oh, yeah. I like that they... Here's what I like. I like that they're like, we are making all this money. Let's do some crazy shit with it. Instead of just sitting on their piles Absolutely. of money. Absolutely, Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Feed the
1: fandom. Do it, yeah. Epic. Congrats. Your game is successful. Uh, okay, that's going to be it for us. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. Enjoy your summer weekends, and we will see you next week.